Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is uh, Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. And uh, Dave Wilson joining us now uh, and uh, writes for ESPN.com. And he's a man that roams around Central Texas. He's from Kilgore, deep the piney woods of East Texas. And uh, Dave, welcome back to the uh, the Mosley Show. It's got to make you feel good to see like uh, Jeff Trailer, uh, a child of East Texas, being mentioned for a lot of these uh, potential job openings. Some of them are already open. Some of them might happen soon. But uh, I'm sure you're proud to, for a fellow uh, East Texan to be. Uh, his name keeps coming up. It is good. I mean, it's even better that, you know, Kilgore beat Gilmer this year, so he can't. He doesn't have that over me like he did last year when he, he actually called to point that out out of the blue last year, which was uh, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But, you know, that, that stuff matters now, you know. So um, I appreciate that, that he cares about that. Yeah, and um, it's really interesting. Dave, you've gotten to know, and I think you've been like, like I am, kind of fascinated with Coach Aranda a guy who does it differently. Unfortunately, I'm afraid we've arrived at a time in college football where if you try to – I mean, if, if different includes not embracing the portal or NIL, then you kind of don't have a chance to be successful. And I fear that's where he's landed. And you know somebody will hire him immediately to be a defense coordinator, but it just does not, does not seem – like he's gonna, I, I, I mean, I think, Dave. Even more than all that, when you go one and seven at home, and and you're as poorly ranked um, on defense. I mean, you can talk about the offense all day, but they're horrible on defense. And he is supposed to be one of the great defensive gurus in the land. So in in some ways, that's every bit as damning and damaging to him as maybe his struggles to embrace NIL, but it's unfortunate that he was hired in a sense under false pretense, right? It it wasn't really in place, NIL and the portal when he was hired. And then he has some early success, but he has not functioned well in this crazy new world of college football. So I, unfortunately, uh, Dave, I don't really see much of a scenario where they're able to, to bring him back. And that's a real shame because he is a, unique uh, uh, personality in college football. Yeah, you know, I got a text in the middle of this year from a from a head coach who said, you know, I, I sure hate this for Dave. He's a good man. He's good for the kids. He's good for college football. Um, you know, and I hope it works out for him. But you're right. I mean, that's the hard part, right? When you're a guy that hangs your – that makes your reputation on one side of the ball and then you struggle on that side of the ball, naturally people are going to say sort of, sort of like what, you know, what do you bring to the table then? And, and you know, I, I, I think about Dave a couple of years ago at the high school coaches convention, you know, he mentioned the fact that out of, uh, you know, for every 10 kids that are qualified and good enough to play at Baylor, that probably only three fit sort of their style. And I think that when you limit yourself, you know, to 30% of the available recruits, you better, you better hit on them. Um, and I don't, that's not to say they have or haven't, but, you know, he's made a lot of moves on the coaching staff, um, and, and they're kind of at a point where, you know, they've already done all the things that you do 
Um, and you just wonder, you know, how you how you get there from here for at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's a man that likes a good uh, some competitive games. We we kind of enjoyed being around him, you know. We he like you know the, he had a he's had a curious uh, relationship with the media because we like him, right? I mean, he's fascinating to talk to. I've had one on ones with him. You've had one on ones with him. But unlike Bryles and a lot of these other people you've gotten to know, I'm sure Trailer being the same way, or even Matt Rule. I mean, they they knew they had like great friends within the media. I like I don't. I think you'd be hard pressed to find any a single media person who's close to Dave Aranda, right? It's just not. It just doesn't happen, and that's okay. You, not every coach has to have like some media person. But again, he's he he's kind of naive. He's like so smart and so interesting, and yet, like I, it's it's like some of it's refreshing because he's so different. But he's also going to get fired. So, anyway, I, I don't know. Uh, I just kind of hate it for him because it's always – you always kind of like – I mean, you, you've you been connected to people like uh, over the years, you love writing about Mike Leach. You like writing about true characters who've done things yeah. differently. And he's one of them. He's just a for different sure. kind of character. He's not as funny and uh, he's not – but he is quirky in his own way. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a bummer, but I guarantee you somebody will hire him to be a defense coordinator in a heartbeat, won't they? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that's refreshing about him is you don't, you know, there's a lot of coaches that will tell you like, you know, they'll make a bunch of excuses or they'll scapegoat people. And, and, um, you know, a lot of times Dave will just say, well, it's because of me, you know, like I've just didn't handle this well, or I, you know, told the quarterback he wasn't going to start. So he transferred because why wouldn't you give everybody the best opportunity to transfer? And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's very refreshing, but it's way out of, uh, you know, it's way out of whack with how coaches generally operate. Um, And I give him credit for that. Now it hasn't worked out. And um, I think it's a shame because like, like the coach said to me, I think, I think he is a kind of a, what you, the kind of guy you would want to succeed in college football if, uh-huh. if if what we know about him is true, uh, I mean, we we all we don't truly know any of these guys, um, but I think you what you see is what you get with him. And so, yes, I yeah. mean, I think he's a good good person. I think people would want him around. I think he's a, you know, and maybe maybe if it doesn't work here, he'll get another shot somehow. But but the landscape has evolved so much that yeah, you kind of have to be a little bit of a killer sometimes. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure um, that that's what he wants to be anyway. All right, Dave Wilson on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, uh, and Holiday Edition. Dave's getting ready. Now, Dave, are you uh, are you a man that over the years, I would imagine your ties to Texas A&M, you would have uh, – I mean, I, I wonder if it'll get back to that, where they'll play on Thanksgiving night, uh, Texas and Texas A&M. I know they're going to start playing again. How do we think that'll look – moving forward or will they stay in kind of a at one point it was like a I think they played on a Friday night after Thanksgiving but as I recall it used to be every Thanksgiving night wasn't it back in the day so yeah it used to be Thanksgiving night and then they moved to that Friday and they ever all the Aggies and Horns called it T plus one and I just had a cool it had a cool vibe to it you know T plus one that's what we're <laughs> talking about here and so I love to talk about T plus one I just have a hard time <laughs> You know, especially with the new SEC TV deal next year, I'm really curious to see where that falls in line with that. 
I don't think they're going to be doing the eggs and the horns any special favors like they used to get um, kind of in the old Southwest Conference days. But I do think, you know, it'll be around this time. Um, I just don't know, don't know when. And that's something I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are waiting to see. Because they want, they want T plus one back, mostly. Oh, man. I could, T plus one, I could listen to you talk talk like that all day. Um <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you and Ryan McGee. Now, Ryan does a lot of TV work, but he's a longtime sports writer as well. Teamed up on this Houston UCF. It's like a space race, and and they're getting ready to play. And um, that's it's really kind of a neat story. It's unique. I, how much did you sort of know? about all this uh, before you started started digging into this? Because if I know you, it probably was quite a rabbit hole, right? Then you started like, <laughs> hey, should I should I watch, uh, uh, but what's, that, what's that thing called, for Above All Mankind or whatever? You know, you start watching, like, space uh, shows or whatever. But, I mean, this is, um, this, this is interesting. UCF. That whole their their whole beginning, which doesn't go back that far, right? About no, nineteen sixty three, no. uh, but it, but it was like about Cape Canaveral. So Cape right. Canaveral, everything kind of starts there in the late nineteen fifties, and then UCF, in a sense, is built like, hey, let's build something, and and it can be sort of an extension of us being this huge space community and. I think in this story you're, you got on ESPN.com, it's it's crazy to think like how many employees at NASA or maybe it's the it's all the community there out you know outside of uh, Orlando went to UCF. It's like thirty percent. I did not know thirty yeah. percent of Kennedy yeah. Space Center employees out there are UCF grads. Wow. Um, and so yeah, it's something that they take a great deal of pride in on their own. They put out. They do a great job of, of their own sort of content team, and they put out all kinds of cool stuff around their space game every year. Which to them, I mean, they said they said it's bigger than almost any game on their schedule. Like every year, that people just want to know, hey, when's when's game one, and when is the space game? And um, and they they adopt a whole different color palette. They they go back to their early '60s uh, mascot, the Citronaut, which is one of the coolest mascots. And should I just feel like it should be their mascot all the time? It's a Florida orange with a like spacesuit on and a helmet. And uh, <laughs> and they they wear this blue that's kind of like the Houston blue that got them in trouble with their uniforms. Uh, you know, mimicking the old Oilers. Yeah. Um, but they uh, and and it's a huge deal there, and it's really cool. I mean, you know. In the last two years, twice, when the game ended, there was a rocket going off from Canaveral 30 miles away that you could just watch from the stadium. I mean, they, you know, they, I, when I talked to Gus Malzahn at Big 12 Media Day, you know, he gave the standard coach speak and, you know, well, we, you know, new conference, got to figure it all out. We've got some players coming in that are going to help us and all that stuff. And then I said, well, what about, you know, this, you know, Houston is Space City. What do you think about that? And he lit up. He said, let me tell you something. Our whole, every street on our, Campus is named after Constellation. You know, our 50-yard line lines up with the launch pad at Canaveral. It's a big deal. This is real. This is like, you know, and he was really excited about it. And so, <laughs> and I kind of, that's been in my head all year of like, all right, well, you know, I didn't exactly, you know, you you run a story on the holiday week, the day before Thanksgiving, of two teams that are like, what, are four and six and whatever, five and five. 
and you're like, I don't know if anybody's going to read this thing, but it's just fun to do it. Um, you know, it seems like something in the future of the of the Big 12 that they're looking for, you know, they're losing some rivalries. <laughs> they got lucky with the additions from the Pac-12 because they get the Territorial Cup from Arizona, Arizona State. They get the, well, it's not the Holy War anymore, but they get the uh, BYU-Utah game back. But, you know, they're, they're going to be looking for these type of opportunities to sort of generate some excitement. And this one is a very natural one. These are two schools that have been a big part of America's history in the space race. And, and why not, you know, celebrate that? And so, you know, I spent my Tuesday afternoon on Thanksgiving week convincing NASA to let me uh, release that they have a medallion in space for this game that they're going to present to the winner because they, they weren't ready to announce that yet. But we got the story, so <laughs> what can you do? And you also got to revisit Jules Verne. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I read... How many leagues under the sea is that? 20,000? 20,000. I think I read that as a kid. I've also been on that ride at Disney World, and they may also have it at Disneyland, the Jules Verne ride. Um, (laughs) But he published From the Earth to the Moon. It is wild, like, how some of the stuff he was coming up with in 1865, like, wasn't far off. Like, some of the things he imagined and, like, where things would end up, and uh, as you say, the book's 10th chapter. And if you're wondering, like, who would read this, it's me, okay? I mean, I I, I think other people, by the way, on ESPN.com, uh, I, I find this stuff fascinating, but it says, because Vern predicted, this is in your story, predicted that the best location for a launch site would be between the equator and the 28th parallel, keeping the best line with the moon's orbital path Plus, the launch site would need to be built alongside a large body of water so the debris wouldn't fall into populated areas. So he wrote about how there would be sparring between locations in Galveston Bay and, and, quote, Tampa Town. And honestly, he's not that far off. No, Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And that whole credit to that is McGee. I I would never know that. I don't think we learned about Jill's learning and Kilgore uh, back then, but um, we are all credit to him. I mean, that's the thing. This guy loves, McGee loves space. He loves history. Um, you know, so I was like, look, here's the story. I'll talk to the schools. You know, you you tell us how we got here, and then all of a sudden, you know, I get this section of the story that has Jules Verne in it. I was cracking up just like I'm sure everybody else was when they were reading it. So, yeah, all credit to Mr. McGee on that one. But, um, yeah, it's really fascinating. I do think – it's interesting that, you know, like NASA is like all in on this because it's it's a real thing. There's not it's not, um, you know, like a few years ago when UConn tried to foist the civil conflict trophy on Central Florida and they kind of they kind of stuck it in a closet somewhere and tried to forget about it. But, you know, this is actually a real thing that they care about and that uh, people at both schools care about. So it was, uh, you know, to get to talk to a, a Russian space architect in Houston was uh, for a sports story was is always cool. So I'm down with that. Yeah. Well, and like Clear Lake, I don't really think other than like them playing football or something. I don't really th- always think about Clear Lake. And then you're just like, oh, my gosh, like that's they fit that was the right place for it because they they just found this huge amount of land. And uh, it, it's just <laughs> Rice Al kind of, gave it to them. That's it. Yeah. Rice. And, and, and you talk to. 
someone from Rice, uh, uh, you know, incredibly knowledgeable person who who basically <laughs> kind of, I think, in said go Owls, almost kind of like, why are you talking to Houston and UCF? Right. You should be, this should be about Rice. And what's funny is, didn't Rice try to jump on the Oilers thing after Houston yeah, did. did it? Because they have ties to the Oilers as well. It's very, all of this is funny. Or I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And then President Kennedy, and sadly today, of course, we're talking about the assassination. But in this is a reminder of like what he was looking to do uh, right. and how he challenged the world and challenged the nation to, to get to the moon. And, of course, they made it. He didn't get to see it, sadly. But uh, I even loved like in his speech, we've all heard that a million times, right? Yeah. The part where he says, um, you know, he ends it with, we choose to go to the moon in, the, in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. But the, the funny thing is nobody ever talks about, like, what were the words before he got to that? And, and he's standing at Rice Stadium when he said it, and he ends up saying something along the, the lines of, why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? <laughs> That's right. And that was uh, our, our buddy Sam Kahn uh, wrote a story about that a couple of years ago for us uh, when he was still with us. And he uh, he had found the speech or he got a copy of the speech and you could see where Kennedy had ad-libbed that line. And he wrote that in. So that was not a speechwriter. That was his own little uh, sports angle that he wanted to put in there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like so the other it. Thing, By the way, you know, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, please. No, the other thing is, you know, we knew that we're going to get all these people. It's like, well, all the astronauts are from Purdue. Why didn't you mention them? Why There's a statue of John Glenn at Ohio State. Why didn't you mention them? And all that's valid. Uh-huh. There are a ton of space schools because, like, the rabbit hole was deep. We had to cut off somewhere. But you'll appreciate this, and this is very on brand, but talking to Dr. <laughs> Olga Banova at Houston, who's the, mm-hmm. the Russian architect who is now trying to build space habitats um, at the only master's program of its kind in the world, I said, well, what other schools are, you know, coming kind of coming up on this that are putting a – she goes, oh, you know, the one school that's putting a lot of money in this, and they've already hired a bunch of astronauts, and they've really got a big program going is Texas A&M. So the Aggies are the Aggies are, are, are throwing some money around the space program too now, and they're going to be in on this too. Yeah, apparently with having to uh, pay for Jimbo, though, they're going to they're gonna have to – Hold back a little bit on that. Program. You know that money doesn't come out of the same pool. They made that very clear. <laughs> oh man, we got to make sure Baylor's looking into that. I think we've got a few astronauts out there as well. But um, yeah, well that that was fun. And if if for nothing more than to just imagine, I, I got to see now. I got to look up. Did y'all did y'all put a picture of the Centronaut in the? Uh, I kept no. I kept wanting. Okay, I need to see yeah, what it's or not. I, I, like. I will tell you. I sent it to my editors, but you know how. Yeah, I mean, you know how editors. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, and you're probably dealing <laughs> with somebody like John Banks or somebody. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> oh man! Oh look, there's I mean, that, that. This is good. Is that John Jenkins with Klingler? Who's standing with oh, Klingler yeah, in got, front of? Oh yeah, you know the... we got Coach John Jenkins in there. Oh my gosh! With the space yeah. shuttle when uh, when they were flinging throwing it around the. Uh, it was their own sort of space race when they were throwing the balls, you know, 80 times a game or whatever. So they shot some photos out of the space center, you know, very on the nose kind of promotion, but I, yeah. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We had commander Cody 
in the bomb squadron. That was Cody Carlson back in the day. All right. So we had our own. That's right. You can't say can't do that. But, uh, well, um, good visiting with you. I hope you have a great holiday and that uh, then you can then you can focus on uh, tech. Uh, that, that the last battle of Tech in Texas, and then uh, the Bears get it on with West Virginia in what could be Aranda's last stand. Uh, Dave, I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. I've already done my ATB duty today, and I survived, so now I'm going to kick back a little bit. I appreciate you. <laughs> Just have, I was hoping you'd have a drink before the interview, but you've waited. <laughs> you've waited till afterwards. All right. Have a great one. All right. See you later. Dave Wilson from ESPN.com and my longtime former uh, Dallas Morning News colleague of mine.